Hello and welcome. I'm Simon. And I am Haney. We are Needip in Tech, covering the latest from the IT industry with a specific focus on Microsoft and how to get actual value from technology. This is episode 224, recorded on April 25th, 2023. You will be able to find this and our previous episodes on needipintech.com, iTunes, Spotify, and on most podcasting platforms. And we're back with a new focus segment uh, where Haney will guide us through a uh, roller coaster within <laughs> which world? We're going to be talking about Agile and Scrum and everything Ooh. in between. That is, uh, nice. I promise, I don't think we have time to talk about everything <laughs> in between, actually, in this time frame. Yeah, because, so, yeah, because some Agile things is such about a, Agile and Scrum. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because Agile is such a small topic and not at all, yes. like, yeah, very strong opinions on and, and all of that. No. So this will be fun. <laughs> yes, this will definitely be fun. Yeah. So how I actually came to this topic is because mm-hmm. recently there's been quite a lot of articles that I've come across that um, do give a little bit of criticism towards agile mm-hmm. methods and scrum and things like that. But on the other hand, if we look at a lot of the companies who are working in whatever part of the IT space, there Mm -hmm. is still like a lot of emphasis on Agile and Scrum methodology and so forth. Mm -hmm. So then I've been just thinking about uh, the whole thing myself and trying to figure out uh, what I think about it. And so I thought Mm -hmm. it's a perfect opportunity to bring the discussion here, of course. Nice. Yes. So if we think back about Agile, uh, it is not a new thing anymore because Agile started with the Agile Manifesto in around 2001. Wow. When I believe 17 people came together, all guys, a tiny detail, and (laughs) came together with this Agile Manifesto. And do you know, like, how long the Agile Manifesto even is, like, in your mind, is it like long, short? What do you think? <laughs> oh, n- now, now I will be very biased since you also stated that there were 17 male people doing it and manifesto <laughs> sounds like humongous, but I think it's very short. You are correct. Yeah, It is actually, if we look at the Agile manifesto, it is really, really short. And the main point was to find better ways of developing software Mm -hmm. uh, and kind of helping others do it too. And they came up with four statements. And that's Mm -hmm. pretty much the manifesto itself. (laughs) So do you know those four statements? (laughs) I I don't, but I think the fifth were let's drink beer. Sorry, inventors of Agile. (laughs) Probably, yes. Now now I'm really... (laughs) really not fair um yeah i I think it's a fair guess (laughs) yeah and 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 we'll probably get into this but i have more of a devops approach to this so i really don't know where agile started and what were the the core pillars of that so i'm really looking forward to to learning which four which four they are right and i do think that with all the methodology that there is out there to how Agile is implemented, the actual manifesto gets kind of like, the core principles get kind of buried under all of it. <laughs> so it is good to kind of come back to like, what mm-hmm. was the actual point of this whole thing? Mm-hmm. 
And this fourth statement goes as follows. So individuals and interactions over processes and tools. Mm -hmm. Working software over comprehensive documentation. Customer collaboration over contract negotiation. Responding to change over following a plan. And then there's like an additional comment about it. That that is, while there is value in the items on the right, so the last part of mm -hmm. the sentence, we value the items on the left more. So it's ah. not like the other is like completely out, but mm -hmm. it is that the left side, the first part of the sentence is valued more. So individuals and interactions over processing and tools, working software over comprehensive documentation, customer collaboration over contract negotiation, responding to change over following a plan. So how does this sound to you as a starting point for development and even DevOps? Like, I think it's hard to argue with. I think it, it's like, it makes total sense. But back in like 2001, this must have been like, over the moon crazy <laughs> this is the the woodstock of development um, yeah exactly but 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 i agree uh obviously there were 17 smart persons that got together yeah. and, and wrote this down um but I, I do think and i do also see that and this is how i work as an architect i would love to just leave those four there and it, let's just hope organizations use them. Mm. But, and I guess that's where we'll get to with Scrum and so on, that we might have overcomplicated things a bit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. We'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Intriguing. Yeah. Uh, there is some like additional principles that you can find regarding the mm -hmm. manifesto. I'll put, we'll have the link in the show notes so you can go to the page with the. Agile, agile manifesto on it and the principles but in the core those are really good values mm -hmm. and as it is said we should not also regard them as well we ditch documentation completely <laughs> or like we ditch the other part completely but we emphasize things like interaction and working software much more than the other things and it's also helpful to kind of look at the Agile, Agile Manifesto and what Agile is to understand what is the difference of Agile and Scrum because mm -hmm. they are often used kind of interchangeably. And Agile is more referencing to the way of like managing a project, of working on a project, what mm -hmm. kind of the core principles are. Whereas Scrum is then the methodology that you use to implement Agile. Yep. To implement that approach. So Scrum is not the only option you have for implementing mm -hmm. Agile. There are other methodologies out there that can be used as well. But Scrum is definitely at least the one that is uh, used the most in paper. Of course, we don't know how everybody applies Scrum, <laughs> but <laughs> on paper, that is the most used methodology to do Agile. Let's just so say that in, there is a let's just say that there is a lot of organizations that have the intention of using Scrum. Yes. It's it's not as easy, to nope. be fair. It's it's <laughs> not just like let's do it and go. It has to do with people and processes, so that's always tricky. 
like changing how people work. Mm-hmm. So in the your side of the fence, how often do mm-hmm. these requirements come up? Like the team should work in an agile manner or with Scrum uh, workflows, etc. I think we have spoken about this uh, in a couple of other episodes where we talked about DevOps and, and where I try to be an advocate for applying these principles on my side of the fence because this started obviously in development it then moved into devops because developers saw that it infrastructure were preventing them from actually getting the most out of their agile process because it doesn't matter how agile they are if infrastructure and operations aren't as agile in in actually setting up the apps and the environments uh, and we we it doesn't work the same way when it comes to endpoint and and, and so on up until now and mm. i think what's been driving that is especially security so where we have secops or sec devops because we need mm. to be faster we haven't had that need because we like it's to be fair and sorry all of my fellow <laughs> endpoint administrators out there it is easier to deploy an app than to develop an app (laughs) even though we can curse the developer for not developing it in the way we wanted it to make it simpler to deploy but we haven't really had the need but now we're there because we need to move in a quicker way people are changing we get tons of new things that we should manage security is moving more rapidly so up until now we haven't really had the need now we are starting to have the need but i have yet to work in a project where i've used any agile method whatsoever yeah also i think on the side of the fence i've been Mm -hmm. in both software development projects as well Mm -hmm. as in data projects Mm -hmm. so i think on the software development side it is a more like a standard way of working Mm -hmm. but also how scrum is implemented it can be a little (laughs) there are the drawbacks we'll come to that in a bit (laughs) and and also on the data side there is like more movement towards doing scrum ways of working agile ways of working and but it is maybe not quite as uh mature as Mm. on the on the uh software development side yeah i guess I, i can add one thing uh, mm-hmm. Because I do also work, and and I love to do that work with like furniture in offices and how to lay out offices and so on. Mm. And something that always, always, always comes up, and some hate and some love is how do we actually architect and design the office to allow for Scrum and Agile and stand up meetings and all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's obvious, and, and that goes for IT infrastructure organizations as well, that we mm-hmm. need to have it these stand-up things and, and everything. So so it, it's part of it, and there's a desire to use it, and we understand that we, for odd reasons, might need a specifically designed space to do this. So So that's yeah. how I often interact with it. Yeah, that's an interesting point of view as well, because the spaces that we work with can really... Mm-hmm help or work against all of this. Yeah. So if we talk a little bit more about Scrum, uh, mm-hmm. as said, it is kind of the most widely used methodology for 
implementing agile in an organization. Um, it is starting to be very standard to have mm. some kind of scrum teams in place. Uh, some organizations have even gotten to a point where they are kind of like scaling scrum to mm. be used in all their teams in the organization, not just individual teams. So it is definitely has a lot, lot more foothold than mm. in 2001. <laughs> but even like five years yeah. ago. So yeah. it has definitely taken hold much more. Mm. Uh, the one thing that often does come as a little bit of a thing that can become a hindrance with Scrum is that it is often associated a lot with the ceremonies that are associated mm. with it. They are a kind of a very core part of it. Mm. So having the daily stand-ups, uh, having retrospectives, having planning meetings, etc. And mm. those are make do make the Scrum methodology. Those are the ways that Scrum is implemented. Mm. What is your opinion about all these ceremonies that is are in place? What works, what doesn't? I, my first thought, doesn't this violate the first point of the manifest? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we have all of these things that we are <laughs> supposed to do and we need to do it, which are processes and tools or, or methodologies to do it. Um, and and I think that, uh, so that that's my first thought, that we are violating <laughs> the first rule of the mm -hmm. manifest by, by adopting mm -hmm. it too much. Um, the other point which I've received from uh, colleagues and customers that are working with it is that they always say, these things takes too much time. Yes. And I wonder, and you might get into that, if we we have applied a methodology, but we haven't changed way of work or mindset yet. So we still do the same thing. We just have even more meetings to express mm. whatever we do. And possibly, especially in Sweden, we hope to be in agreement when all of these meetings are over um because that's important in Swedish society <laughs> I, I understand and, and it doesn't work like that yeah yeah i i have to say that i've gotten similar kinds of experiences <laughs> and feedback from people who mm -hmm. use scrum is that mm -hmm. If you do all of the ceremonies that are included, mm. it already takes up quite a lot of time. Mm. And for example, the daily stand-ups often become just like everybody reports what they have done. Yeah. Which, in a way, like, is that useful interaction? Mm. Is somebody gaining something from it? Could it be done in a more efficient way? Mm. Probably. Mm. And so one way maybe to look at... Scrum is trying to figure out, well, maybe we don't have to do it exactly by the letter mm. and follow each of the uh, ceremonies to the T. And maybe we can actually find the ways of working in the team that do enable the four points in the Agile Manifesto. So mm. if, if our dailies, uh, for example, end up with being a single person talking at a time just telling what they've done. Mm. I don't think that is necessarily interaction, <laughs> for <laughs> example. It's, it doesn't really bring any additional value. Mm. And one of my colleagues wrote actually a blog post about this quite recently. 
mm-hmm. will also put that into the show notes. Yep. And one idea from there was that the dailies could more focus on not what everything has done and reporting on that, mm. but actually figuring out, is there something we need to be able to close a mm. task? Uh, is there something we need help with? And that way, enable the interaction to happen through that daily stand-up. So there are different ways in which we can use the ceremonies to actually enable the four points in the Agile Manifesto, or we can use the ceremonies actually to work against those and not enable interaction and customer collaboration and responding to change as well. Hmm. So it's not necessarily the processes we have in place, but how do we take care of those? Yeah. So... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Uh, say <laughs> I was just uh, on that note. I remember when we, um, this is now many years ago, had the the mm. pleasure of interviewing Erin Davis uh, at the mm. um, Experts Live, I think, in Prague. Uh, and and her title on LinkedIn is Agilist. <laughs> and I remember her vividly saying that I have one purpose as a Scrum Master or whichever equivalent role there is i need to remove what blocks my team from achieving their goals and exactly as you say if we focus on not what we have done because that is Mm. also typically i would say our part of the world i've done this please give me credit Um, Mm. and and i've I've actually not sat and not done anything I've, i've performed my task it's better to focus on we all assume that you have done what you were supposed to do what blocks Mm. you from doing what's next. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And also, easily (laughs) it turns into where we're checking in with everybody Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. every day and like, are you doing what you're supposed to? I don't think it's intentional, but it just kind of accidentally happens. But what we should be focusing on exactly, how do we remove any blockers there are? How do we enable you to do the work that you need to do? And sometimes what happens also is that when we do, for example, work estimation, then that becomes kind of a strict goal Mm. that if this is not met, met, what went wrong? Because the thing is, we should always be doing what brings the most benefit. Mm. And if we're doing that, then if some task gets left over to a later point, then it's meant to be left over for a later point because it's not as important. It's not bringing as much value. So instead of becoming like a way to very strictly for follow progress, it should be enabling us to be doing the most beneficial thing at a time. Hmm. I, I think I, I will find a quote there somewhere because I think that way of putting it were really mind-opening for me. That And, and I, I start to spin on that as well. Like, okay, but who should then decide what's more important? And then I need to backtrack and say, hey, what are you <laughs> saying to your customers every single day? Let yeah. the the person and the group and the team decide what's important. They have the utmost desire of doing good. So they should be able yeah. to prioritize. Uh, and, and the reason why we sometimes fail with what's important is, I would say, exactly what, what you've said. We don't tell others 
what's hard or what's blocking us. We try to solve it on our own. And therefore, we get delayed. So I think that was yeah, exactly. super valuable that whatever isn't done was probably not valued or valuable enough. And the only other reason were that we didn't have the trust in the individual and the team to be able to speak their mind and ask for help if they are blocked with something they see as important. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing uh, that you also mentioned in in addition to like uh, the ceremonies take time and, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes take they can become a little bit of a more of like tracking process rather than enabling process. Mm-hmm. In the very beginning, when you were kind of talking about your experiences of Agile and so forth, you mentioned that one of the challenges can be also like not fully uh, having a culture shift, even mm-hmm. though you are doing the processes. And this can sometimes show up as you are doing like the scrum ceremonies, for example, but mm-hmm. then you have something like change management where it goes into some process where somebody yeah. needs to approve something. And, you know, uh, that's quite not no longer scrum. No, exactly. Exactly. Or agile. As, exactly. As soon as you have change management and, and, <sighs> For reasons I can't disclose, I'm so furious at change management. How dare you, change managers, tell me what I'm supposed to do? I'm grown up enough to take care of my mistakes on my own. Like, how in the world is a change manager more capable of making decisions on what's right or wrong or less or more risk than the persons who actually are making it? We are still the ones that get blamed. Yeah, End of and rant. it comes also down to the trust component that you mentioned. Yeah. That we do need to, like, there is a lot of trust involved and we should trust the people that work in our company, in our team. Mm. Yeah. Because if there is no trust, why do they work there? Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we should kind of be able to value the expertise that the people mm. in our teams have. And yeah. If we don't have that, then it could can look like we are doing Scrum or Agile, but then we might be doing something completely else behind the scenes. Yeah. And and I, I just want to emphasize as well that I don't think neither of us disagree on that change management and change tracking isn't important because nope. it is. <laughs> it's the process of change management and release management that we are questioning because there we have the biggest opportunity for a faster time to user or time to market or time to customer uh, and and where i do think that change managers according to itil should evaluate more than actually be the gatekeeper because itil as a process isn't wrong it's just the pace of which we're doing it that is. And with all this uh, critique about <laughs> Agile as Scrum <laughs> and how it can be done wrong, I I do think we both still agree that there is like really good core principles behind the scenes yeah. and it can be done right. But mm-hmm. what we can all evaluate is are we... Sticking to a certain ceremonies, for example, just because they're written somewhere, or are mm-hmm. we actually figuring out what works the best for our team 
so mm. that we are actually able to produce value fastest. And if the scrum ceremonies don't do that, then you should be doing something else. <laughs> I think that's how simple it is. Then you should be finding different ways of working to make that uh, faster process and faster, faster progress possible for mm. your team. And, and just to get the connection to DevOps in this as well, how would you explain the relationship between Agile, Scrum, and DevOps? Or is there really such a connection? I, I think there is, but it's, it's almost like looking at similar things, but from a different perspective in mm. a way. If we think about DevOps, it's often described as people, processes, and tools brought together so mm -hmm. that you can uh, make, um, make improvements at a fast cadence yeah. and also get feedback from it. So you might have seen the infinity sign yeah. in association to DevOps of mm -hmm. like being able to deploy constantly and then gain feedback yeah. on it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's anything in contradiction with mm -hmm. agile methodology uh, and DevOps itself, mm. but the same as with Agile and Scrum, what can happen with DevOps is that we get very stuck on the tooling, yeah. whereas there is also the people and process part. Mm. So, yeah. So, and so a lot of time in organizations, they do go hand in hand that you have DevOps practices and mm. one way of like handling who does what and things like that is, for example, Scrum. Mm. So it's so, it can be like one methodology within your DevOps practices. So this this the next thing I will say will be intentionally wrong, but it feels like <laughs> Agile might fall over to focus too much on the person or the human. Scrum focuses a little bit too much on the process, and DevOps have a way of focusing a little bit too much on the tool. Which, and, and now I will infuriate a lot of people, which might be telling something about the persons that love each mythology. Who loves DevOps? Usually tech geeks. Yes. Who loves Scrum? <laughs> Project managers, like yes. anything you can set managers behind. And agile developers. Yeah. And, and <laughs> take in... The, Take this out of context, and I will infuriate the world. But yes, probably like, it, 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 it's 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 a little f fun to think of it that way. That if we just were able to find a way of getting the best out of these three and many of the other methodologies that are out there, it sh it should work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think what is the thing with many things is mm. going to one extreme is never the good. So no. we have to kind of find the balance between the different areas uh, that are involved. And that's yeah. what all of these are actually trying to do. Yeah. But the focus just like accidentally shifts into the wrong place. Mm -hmm. So I do think we're kind of starting to run out of time <laughs> of this discussion. So yeah. should we go to some community news? Yes, we can do that. 
so I will start by first talking a little bit about something that I have been doing because I were on site for MVP Summit last week in or two weeks ago when when this is released in uh, Seattle. Uh, did you follow along online or? Yes, How, I followed yeah. along online a bit, but also yeah. some of the sessions were at a sleeping time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking uh, to the recordings. Yeah, but uh, so I, I've received a question numerous times from the people that weren't there. And, and I would say that I guess that either a very big minority or even a majority of the people that were there were people that were there for the first time. Uh, which of course created an energy uh, within the yeah. the event, but I, I it was three days. Uh, previous summits have been longer, and I understand why. But all in all, it was actually beyond my expectations, uh, because Microsoft did a great job in making us feeling welcome. My product group and the product groups that I interact with had a lot of content. I could easily have spent twice as much time just heading to mm. sessions. We can't talk about anything, obviously, uh, but there not. were good content. Um, and, and Microsoft took good care of us. I, I think that some argued that Microsoft should do more for us, but I, I don't think it's it's fair to require or demand that either i they took care of us uh, in a good way uh, they were there they it was obvious that the microsoft people liked to have us there uh, so it was a, a a great event and i am very happy that i did it because also i i've been an mvp since 2018 i've never been there before uh, so i felt uh -huh. this was something i i needed to do yeah definitely yeah, I, I was following to the posts on social media and <laughs> and looking at some of the sessions and being a little bit like, oh, it would have been yeah. my first time at MVP Summit yeah. as well. But yeah, couldn't make it this time. But it's hopeful to hear that it was good. <laughs> and, I, and I hope that the feedback shows how valuable everyone that were there thought it were. Uh, and then I, yeah. I do think from, from the on-site point of view, that they made it a good hybrid event. There are always things mm. that can be improved to include the, the virtual audience more, but it was very obvious that they put a lot of effort in actually making it high quality for the, the virtual attendees, making them heard, having a lot of people manning the chat as well. Um, mm. So I hope that we can see more of, of this kind of event. Yeah, definitely. But now, looking to the future, um, I know that Alexander will be at Data Saturday in Stockholm, May 13th. I do think there are still yes. tickets left and it's free. Uh, there mm -hmm. is also pre-cons that are to a uh, cost, but uh, there, there should be opportunities there. So check that out if you're close to Stockholm or would like to visit Stockholm in a couple of weeks uh, or when this is released in Not a so week. much time. <laughs> this, this is so complicated. Uh, and also for the it ones is. that didn't listen to the previous week's episode, you might wonder where Alexander is. He's stuck in a data lake. On a boat. Quite literally. On a Luckily. boat. Yeah, exactly. Not exactly. like sunken into oh, the data oh, lake, oh, hopefully. Oh, oh, hang on. He's stuck on a data platform in the middle of a data lake. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry about that. But it, it's <sighs> All over right. time, so it might be cut. Um, 
So data Saturday. <gasps> then I will be at the Citrix user group talking about Windows 365 in uh, Oslo or outside of Oslo in the wonderful named place of Klyfta or Klyfta. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, June 5th until 7th. Sign up if you're interested in either Citrix, Azure Virtual Desktop or end user computing in general. And on that topic, uh, AVD TechFest will be taking place in Edinburgh on September 14th. Uh, sign up hasn't opened yet, but save the date and you will hear on social and hear when you are able to sign up. The event will be free this time as well. And in the beginning of June, I'll be in Denmark for the platform Next Step in Legoland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and cool. That's really cool. And it's a data platform event, as you might guess by the name. <laughs> Not stuck in the data lake, maybe. <laughs> will you talk about boats? No, we will talk about containers. Containers. No. Uh, I'll be talking about... Uh, <laughs> what will I be talking about? I'll be talking about some data stuff. Be sure to sign up. <laughs> you get to go to Legoland, so that is positive. You are. It's really getting late silly. for me, I'm sorry. My head is not working anymore. <laughs> international experts and get deep technical insights and lego we'll talk yes. about data stuff data oh exactly. data bricks data bricks of i don't course. think this time i'm doing data bricks session but it would be a really good fit to yeah. this particular there will event. be bricks at least there will be bricks yep. lego bricks <laughs> and on that we managed to run over time but Again. it's been a joy uh, and we hope you have enjoyed this. We certainly have. Yes, we have. So yeah. So hopefully, maybe a little too time, much. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So until next time, we hope to have found Alexander again, uh, and we mm. wish you a great rest of your day, week, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Need Even Tech. Hidden Tech is a bi-weekly technology podcast hosted by Alexander Arvidsson, Simon Binder, and Haini Hilmarinen. If you have any feedback, questions, or would like to be part of an episode, please reach out to us on social media or via email at podcast at